Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Episode 112, How to Graduate College Without Debt. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are talking about college, mm. which is seems to be a little young for our target audience. But we we're talk, doing it anyway. Yeah. It was a request from our Frugal Friends community uh, on Facebook. And we talk a lot about paying off debt. And um, most of that time, that debt includes student loans. Yeah. Uh, but you know, what about just not getting into student loan debt? Is mm-hmm. it possible? And uh, I think in 2020, f- over the last few months we've just been through, we think now more than ever, it definitely yeah. is. Well, and not to mention, I think this is relevant even for grad school. Uh, and that is part of mm-hmm. our target audience. Yes. And for, let's be honest, kids going to school, grandparents and parents and siblings bear great influence on those decisions and how they choose to go about their college education. So if you are a person of influence in a young person's life, I think that this content can be helpful to even know that it's possible to significantly reduce college fees. Yeah. And it's A lot of people, I think, are going to start going back to school. I mean, maybe you took a few months off and realized, I actually hate my job, so I'd like to do something else. So Mm -hmm. this is a way that you can um, graduate college and do it without debt. So before we get into that, our sponsors. Also brought to you by seniors. We want to thank all the recently graduated seniors for sponsoring this show. Mm. You pulled together your dimes and nickels and really came through for us. But today we want to celebrate you. Congratulations on your hard work and effort and completing an important chapter of your lives. Whether you just finished high school or college, you had a lot more obstacles than most in this final (laughs) stretch of your race. We see you. Thanks for the sponsorship. Yes. You saw us and threw money at us and we see you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So... The way we look at education right now is changing. So you no longer need to live on campus, get a meal plan, sit in freezing cold arenas while a professor tries to explain organic compounds and he writes (laughs) so small that you can't even see what they are. Is it hydrogen or carbon? Like, I still don't know. Uh, You just don't have to do that anymore. Um, And that opens up a lot of opportunities for saving money on uh, on college. So our first mm-hmm. article today is from goodcall.com. Mm-hmm. And it's actually by uh, Jocelyn Panita, who is the author of uh, The Scholarship System. It's a book and a website. Really, really great resources for scholarships. Um, she's been doing this a long time. So, And this is a guest post on the site. Uh, it's called Say No to Student Loans, 
four ways to pay for college without going into student loan debt. Yeah. I thought every one of these are great. So we're going to go through all four. Yes. So the first one is find money. Uh, (laughs) Free money. Just pick up all those pennies on the ground and combine it to pay for college. Yeah. If you just threw money at me, uh, take it back. That's that's first. Um, So the ways she's talking about are grants. Um, So you have to fill out the FAFSA um, to apply for most of these grants. Um, But there are there was two point nine billion dollars of grant money unclaimed in 2014. How crazy yeah, is that? That's nuts. Unclaimed, unclaimed. Not even what's available. Yeah. People just think, oh, it's so much work. I just finished, you know, I just graduated and I've already done all these applications and I don't even feel like searching for this. But mm-hmm. with some effort, it is real. Yeah. I got grants. Yeah. You're either going to spend effort after college trying to pay off your student loans or you're going to spend it up front uh, to find these grants. So put in the effort today. Um, Mm -hmm. And that goes the same for scholarships and cash awards. Mm -hmm. So you can get them for all kinds of things. Like if you like horses or video games or volunteering, there are scholarships for all of those. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she says uh, cash awards are more common for upperclassmen in college um, through associations and organizations, um, but they don't have to be paid back. Um, So Mm -hmm. It's it's great. Like I had a I had a full ride to my undergraduate program and it's it made me able to go to college. Like I probably wouldn't have. I mean, I would have gotten student loans, surely. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that was really helped. Yeah. Yeah. I had a few years left in high school and I didn't have to worry about college because I had a scholarship. And so. Mm Yeah, it's just it's worth putting in the work up front to find those things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, they also mentioned crowdfunding, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. Why not give it a try um, using different platforms like GoFundMe or Indiegogo? Uh, and then they also mentioned employee employer tuition reimbursement. So if you already work somewhere. And you're thinking about maybe going back to school or you're in between, um, look into this. Certainly we can look into this if we already have our degrees. Uh, sometimes employers will help pay pay down our loans. Um, but even better, if you can jump on this from the start, they mentioned that Starbucks and Fiat and JetBlue are a couple of companies that offer Um, tuition reimbursement to their employees. So maybe even if you're looking for a job, these are places you would want to consider so that they could help you out with college expenses. Yeah. It's a six, it's estimated 60% of employers offer something like this. So it won't be hard to find uh, if you're between jobs right now, then definitely considering what their tuition reimbursement um is and Mm -hmm. before you choose a job. Yeah. The second one on this list is to make money. So once you've found all your money, now go and try and make some more. Uh, And certainly this can be a dreaded and difficult conversation for college students who are already working their butts off full time, trying to get their degree to say, just get a job sometimes can feel a bit insensitive or lacking, you know, especially if you're doing a sport in college too, there's, there can be a lot of demands that really limit the time. And so for that reason, this article is suggesting look for work that's flexible where, you know, you don't necessarily have to have set days or set hours, or you can take off a week here and there, maybe on especially heavy academic work weeks. Uh, Find a job that doesn't require late night hours, so you can actually still sleep. One that offers a decent wage, has a positive work atmosphere. I know we're asking for a lot here, but they list out a couple of options that that I do like, and I think it's worth talking about. So certainly, depending on uh, the type of degree that you're aiming at, looking for a paid internship 
in your field. So finding work that is going to help you in as you obtain your education, not just this other thing that you have to do on the side and another box to check just to make money, trying to pair it with the very thing that you're interested in doing, which can help in your education process, but I would say can also help you in your resolve and motivation to do that job if you kind of enjoy it and you feel like it's adding value to your life. They also mentioned driving for Uber or Lyft, which is very flexible. You can do it as you're able. If you get yourself set up and you end up having some free days on the weekend and you live near a city, perfect. Uh, they also mentioned selling your notes. So this depends on the school that you go to and what you allow. And it has to be all your own work. But there are opportunities at various universities where you can note take in your classes and sell that. You can tutor in a subject that you excel in. You can freelance in a field that you're interested in. Babysit, pet sit, house sit. Holy moly, that's a real thing. I had a lot of friends in college mm-hmm. who would house sit um, for some some of the wealthy families in the area. And that's a perfect way of, that doesn't inhibit any other things that you're trying to do. And depending on when you're babysitting, if you can get a gig when you're babysitting at night and you can get your schoolwork done while you're on the job, If you can do maybe even a work study program or work the front desk at your school or something even where you could combine opportunities to study while you're getting paid. I know Mm -hmm. that has been really helpful. I I had a lot of friends who like worked the front desk at certain dormitories. And for the most part, it was pretty low key. And they had a lot of time to catch up on schoolwork while also working. So it doesn't have to be the traditional way that we imagine it, where you have to go in for a set number of shifts and you're not going to have time for anything else. Um, There's a lot of flexibility out there. So consider finding a job. Yeah. And remember, you don't have to be so stressed about finding full-time work or finding really lucrative work if you take that first step of finding grants and scholarships, mostly grants, because I feel like people do a lot of searching for the scholarships, but not as much for the grants. Mm. And so you only have to worry about finding work to compensate for what that is. So Mm. uh, figure out how many hours a week you can work. Um, And then try and work backwards and try and fill the gap with as many grants as you can find. Mm -hmm. So the third one is to lower tuition costs. Um, And that is by attending an in-state college, um, finding where the tuition is lowest based on your major, because that actually does uh, play into the cost per credit hour. Um, or pursuing a degree that offers extra scholarships or grants, uh, which so is a lot of the STEM degrees. So science, technology, engineering, mathematics, um, a lot of those will offer extra scholarships and grants. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, And there are other ways you can reduce your tuition costs. Um, high school students can take like AP classes um, or dual enrollment. I actually started a dual enrollment course in high school and I got bored and I left after like one class. I didn't go back. And I was like, I am looking back when I was in college. I was like, I am so stupid. I should have done that. Yeah. But um, if you're in college, you can try to take um, college level examination programs. So CLEP exams. um, And that gives you credit without having to take the class. Mm. Uh, you can maximize the amount of classes included in tuition. So um, in most cases, colleges will charge a flat tuition amount for up to five or six classes. Mm. So if you take less than that, you'll pay the same amount. And if that's the case for your school, then just try and stay at the maximum number of classes possible so you're getting the most value Mm. for what you're paying. Yeah. Yeah. I supplemented, actually, I'm remembering this, A lot of local community colleges will offer winter break courses. And so on my winter break, rather than taking the courses at a a high, (laughs) a high rate at the college I was actually attending, when I was back home on winter break, I took like a three week intensive, I think it was biology and just transferred those credits. They were credits that I needed, but I got them at my community college, even though I was technically going to another college. So yeah, you can get creative with that too. Um, And certainly consider community college for the first couple of years to get your, um, 
gen eds out of the way. Yeah. With so many things going online, I think it's really smart to think about community colleges and lower cost colleges. I actually remember when I was uh, getting my volunteer hours in the hospital um, to get a scholarship. I had, they wouldn't put me in the actual hospital, like with patients. They put me in the daycare center for the employees' kids. Uh, So, uh, but one of the doctors was dropping off their kid and uh, saying, like telling me, like, you really need to go to community college for the first, like, two years. Like, we are drowning in debt. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I I didn't listen to her. But Mm -hmm. that conversation replays in my mind. Oh, yeah. Quite often. So many wise voices tried to tell me that, and I really wish I would have listened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All we can do is tell the next generation to go to community college, but yeah. they really just want to leave the house. Uh, so, but you can now you can leave the house and still do community college and, um, you know, classes online and stuff. So yeah. there are options to be flexible with it. Yeah. The fourth and final tip on here is to reduce expenses. And this is where all of our frugality comes into play. Once you've looked at finding money, making money, lowering tuition costs, now we look at reducing all of our other living expenses. And the basic ones that they list out here are car, rent, food, and books. And we want to look at how to slice and dice all of these as much as possible, particularly if all the other three categories have not brought you down to zero debt, then we want to look at this. Mm -hmm. Um, Do we need a car? Nor do we, can we, if we have a car, can we leave it at home and pay less on insurance because we're not driving it? Um, what, whatever the case is, is it necessary? Can you utilize public transportation? That could be a depreciating expense that you just don't need for this time. Also, look at rent. Are you living on campus? Would it be more cost-effective to live off campus? Can you share rent with other people? Is there a way to reduce the expenses within the place that you're living? Of course, food. We we would be remiss to say, uh, let's look at how much we're eating out, doing takeout. How much are we spending even on the meal plan at school? Do you take advantage of it as often? I know that schools offer various types of meal plans, and sometimes we just get all of it, imagining we're going to be so hungry all the time. And we go like one once a day or a couple times a week. And my goodness, to be paying to get takeout and going out to restaurants and paying for a meal plan, that is a highly unnecessary expense. So take a look at your food costs. And finally, books. We know that this is such an added expense and sometimes one that we don't anticipate for well. So part of this has to do with saving up for books, but also, and I've talked about this on other podcasts, we do not have to spend uh, the amount that the colleges suggest that we be spending on the brand new editions. Mm -mm, I have gone through undergrad and grad school, and I have never, ever needed to use the exact newest edition ever, ever, ever. I always got away with it, even if it was one of the ones that came with the special CD that you need to do the special work with the special program, emailed professors, found a workabout. There's always a workabout. So just, yeah, get creative, be an advocate, do your research, use all the rent books. You can absolutely get that down to like a couple hundred dollars a year. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, And you can buy, don't go straight to the bookstore to buy and sell your books. Try and find somebody who is a year ahead of you and you can buy your books directly from them and then resell them to someone that's a year behind you, and you can pretty much almost net co- your cost. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't y- utilize uh, Facebook Marketplace um, or eBay or probably not eBay, but, but at least Facebook Marketplace uh, to try and do something like that or mm-hmm. or groups uh, for your major. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. And uh yeah, I loved um, one thing she said on here. 
Now I can't find it. Oh, prepping meals. So for reducing food expenses, we always talk about this to meal plan uh, and, you know, eat leftovers and stuff. But when you are super busy, like you have a job, maybe you have kids and you're going back to school, like you don't have time to cook. And so meal prep is such an important part of your life in seasons where you're really busy. Mm -hmm. It's not something that I mean, maybe you want to sustain. Some people love it. Some people don't. But if you can just say, okay, for this six weeks where I'm really busy, where I've got a lot of exams, I got a lot of things at home, I am going to set every Sunday aside to meal prep for six Sundays in a row so that we are not going out and getting takeout every night. Mm -hmm. This doesn't have to be things that you do indefinitely. Honestly, you're Mm -hmm. more likely to fall off after two to three weeks if you view it like that. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at ways to save money, uh, set a start and stop period, commit to doing it for that long, and then reevaluate after if it's something you want to continue to do, or if you want to find a different way to save money on that expense or a different expense. Yeah. It does require forethought. All of these pieces require forethought, intentionality, and I will say a lifestyle that looks completely and drastically different from all of your college friends. So my goodness, will you be kissing yourself Mm. uh, after graduation and you see the loads of debt on your friends? Not that you're going to laugh at them or poke fun at them. They didn't know. They didn't listen to this podcast. But you should feel really proud of yourself. You should be feeling yourself when you graduate with no debt (laughs) because you you will have earned it. Yes. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Our second article is from learn.org, and it's called 10 Reasons Why Online College Courses Save You Money. So we really feel like this is the direction that college is going. College, um, university expenses have skyrocketed, like hundreds of percent, multiple Mm -hmm. hundreds of percent over the last 20 years, to a point where it is not sustainable. And so- it was going to take a worldwide pandemic <laughs> to change things, unfortunately. Um, but I think that we're going to start seeing change already. These institutions that refused to host certain um, majors or classes online have started to, once being forced to, get creative on how they are doing it. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that they're going to throw those discoveries away. I think it's more cost effective for colleges to offer online courses. So I think they are going to find a way Mm -hmm. um, to do hybrids 
and to offer more online. Uh, Not to mention there's already programs doing this. Mm -hmm. Plenty of programs offering online. Yeah, I was I was reading. I don't think it's in this article, but Georgia Tech um, has a really prestigious computer science degree Mm. and they started offering it for I think was a third of the price of what the in um, in class uh, rate was. And not only did they make a ton more money uh, for the school by offering this, their in school uh, class rate did not drop. So. They just got a lot of people that maybe were considering a second degree or whatnot. It gave them access to get it. Yeah. Um, and so I think, I hope that colleges will combine with this and, you know, cases like that will make these programs more available. Mm-hmm. So, and that's yeah. that's a good point. I think that that is part of the barrier for people is, well, how good is the school or how good is the program? And certainly mm-hmm. do your research and feel comfortable and confident about the program that you are choosing. But it's becoming more and more common for even top tier schools to be providing at least a hybrid of online and in-person options. Yeah. So, I like to, oh yeah, go ahead. Okay. Sorry, I was just going to mention, I really liked the no wake-up fees on this list. Um, it's the, you know, quote-unquote wake-up fees is like the coffee and energy drinks and like drive through breakfast in the morning. Like nobody thinks about that. Mm. But when you're taking courses online and you're not driving out of your home, you skip all that. And so those are small expenses that you like do miss out on, not just like the big ones. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're listing out all these reasons of why going to school online can save you money and why that could be a good move for yourself in getting your degree. And I also like the no commute. And that saves a lot of money. You're not money and time and time is money. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. this is a win win because you're not paying uh, for gas. Uh, and the mileage that it costs to get there and back, depending on how far away that school is. I mean, chances are you don't live right next to a university that you want to be attending. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, even if you are living off campus and commuting, that's that's a cost. So going to school online cuts that out and it cuts out the time that you would spend in the car. And as you just mentioned, Jen, it cuts out the money that you'd spend on your way during mm-hmm. your commute. Of course, you do miss out on podcasts when you don't have a commute. So true. But maybe you can like maybe get a job and listen on your way to your to work. I don't know. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so I also like the um, potentially lower tuition costs Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes they do lower the cost for online classes. Um, That's. They say because some schools specialize in online learning don't incur the same overhead as traditional brick and mortar colleges. Yep. Um, so if you can find one that's strictly online, um, you might have lower costs per class. It's absolutely true because I can tell mm-hmm. you for a fact, my professors for my online classes were were teaching me from home. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is that is no overhead for those universities. I mm-hmm. mean, they're paying the professors, but otherwise. It's it's not paper. It's not office supplies. It's not a brick and mortar building that they've got to be in to teach us. Yeah. Yeah. But they the, the article also does say that at some brick and mortar schools, online classes might be have a higher tuition. So mm. don't just assume that it's going to be lower. Actually check to see. Mm. Uh, check it across different schools for that major. Paying for the convenience. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I also like what they have to say about no lost wages. As in, and what I took this to mean was you're able to maximize your time. And so I I experienced this personally. I got my grad degree entirely online. I I didn't have to go in at all. And what I realized that I liked about that is any time that I would have spent commuting or I would have spent in the classroom, 
everything got to, all my time got to be put towards my graded assignments. And in that way, what what is supposed to be a full-time program felt to me to be less than that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe what would typically be a 40-hour-a-week program was potentially 25 to 30 hours because I wasn't communicating, because I wasn't spending time in the classroom. I was reading and writing the things that directly went towards me obtaining my degree. And so for all the other maybe cons of going to school online, of not having the camaraderie and not being in the classroom and feeding off the energy of other people and the questions, I found it to be highly efficient and created space for me to work. Whereas typically, if I would have gone in for the exact same content, I would not have been able to hold down the work that I did hold down for that time. So I think for that reason, it far outweighs uh, the cons. Yeah. And for people who feel like they're going to miss the camaraderie and the experience, I feel like in college, my experiences really stemmed out of things that did not happen in the classroom. Yeah. Like at least for my undergrad, I know it's maybe different for graduate programs, but if you are, you don't have a lot of time to make friends while you're in class uh, for most of your classes. And so if you can at least get Um, those classes out of the way online and just save as much money as possible. And then you do want to take the rest of the experience in the classroom, then you've still saved more money than if you've done all of it there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So don't think it's one or the other. See how you can make it balance, uh, make a balance that's right for you. Mm -hmm. Speaking of a balance that's right for me. Mm, this is brings balance to my week every week. The bill of the week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jill. This is Kelly. And my Bill of the Week is about a certain time of the month. That's right. I am no longer putting money towards menstruation. No more pennies towards my period. (laughs) And I think I'm pretty clever. I did invest in one of those soft silicone cups and some of the really cute cloth um, maxi pads that are out there. And there's a lot of varieties, and it's not for everybody, but it's worth a shot, and I encourage um, any ladies to check it out. I will no longer be flushing my money down the toilet or throwing it in the trash. Wink. Thanks, ladies. Thanks for your frugal friends loving the podcast. Bye. Oh, Callie, I am celebrating with you. What a good (laughs) feeling. I love the wink. That was really good. I don't know if you could hear it, but like I, as she was saying it and I found out what she was saying, I actually like toppled over my water bottle, like not for that reason, (laughs) but I think it was just very (laughs) ill-timed. But. I think that's a great idea. I think that uh, it's more sustainable and it saves money. And so, I mean, I think that's awesome. Oh, yes, because needing to go out for those last minute purchases are the worst. And you've got it figured out for the rest of your fertile years. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You were going to say life, but you, I mean, for the rest of her life. Right. Yeah. But she won't need it for whatever. We don't need to get into female biology right now. It's fine. You just you only took three weeks of biology. So like (laughs) we are not way to bring that full circle. (laughs) I only know three weeks worth of an online winter break (laughs) experience. So this is not the podcast for biology. Uh, Just the podcast for bills. So if you have one you want to share with us. Uh, if it's shocking enough to make me spill more water bottles, uh, ill-timely, <laughs> just submit it to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. 
uh, and leave us a voicemail or a speak pipe. And we are going to play it on, on air without listening to it first. Clearly. We play all of them, regardless yes. of what they're about. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later... The co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Next is the lightning round. Pew, 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 pew. Um... Spoiler alert, we're going to have Rachel Cruz on the show next month. And we did this with her earlier this week. And, and I don't know how she felt about it. So. She, was, she was pretty quiet. Yeah. Subdued at that part. Yeah. Um, but today's lightning round, Jill and I are sharing our biggest waste of money in college and a place where we're glad we saved. So Kick it off. I'll kick it off. Biggest, my biggest waste of money. I said earlier that I had a full ride for my undergrad, and I did not use the full scholarship. I how did that come about? So I had um, I went to the University of Central Florida, go Knights, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. You probably didn't even know I went there because I didn't graduate from there. Um, but I did two years there and then realized I wanted to go to acupuncture school. And they offered a dual bachelor's master's. So I didn't need to finish my bachelor's at UCF to go to the program um, because I would have had to retake a lot, retake like a lot of classes anyways. Mm. Um, so I cut off um i wasted two years of that scholarship didn't utilize them and instead paid for uh the rest of my bachelor's degree and oh, my master's you live and you learn yep. you're debt free now yes um but i still i still regret not graduating from ucf because mm. my all my best friends today are still friends that i met at ucf um so i still feel connected to the school there's a case for, uh, and this is such a hard one, but zeroing in a bit on what you want to do and not putting pressure on yourself to go straight away to school just because everybody else is. I mean, mm -hmm. there's no problem. Like you're making these decisions as you are like still exiting childhood. So that's that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. But yeah, you can you can change your mind. That happens. But to also give yourself permission to take some time to to experience some things and zero in on what do I actually want to do? Where do my where does my skill set lie and my interests? Which bleeds into my piece of my biggest waste of money was going out of state to college. Um, and living on campus. So being out of state usually costs a whole lot more um, than than going to any school in state, whether that's a state school or a private school. 
And then the the living on campus, it's just, it's so expensive to pay for a dorm room, even though it's shared with like five people and your bathrooms are down the hall. I don't understand how it's so expensive. I, mm -mm. I should have been paying like $100 a month for what I got. Uh, and the food is terrible. I don't know. It, that was silly. Also, what was silly was the fact that I felt the pressure to like go to an expensive school out of state before I had any idea what I wanted to do. What I should have done was go to community college, get what I knew were just going to be general requirement classes as I'm figuring out or taken a year off and just traveled. Mm -hmm. I ended up doing that halfway through undergrad. I took a year off after my sophomore year and traveled, gained clarity on what I wanted to do and came back full, full throttle and finished my degree. But my goodness, two years of two different colleges just... I don't know what I was doing, paying way too much for a dorm room. Yeah, I took a year off actually too. I did I did two years at UCF and then one year at acupuncture school. And then I took a year off and then I came back and I finished acupuncture school. And what it was did you the best do during thing your year off? Uh, I met Eric. <laughs> That's when I, yeah. Oh, I, I met did. Eric on my year off. Oh my god! I married him though. I locked it down. Yeah, you did, girl. Uh, yeah, I was in San Diego working for um, the nonprofit formerly known as Invisible Children. That's right. That's what I did. Gosh, so. so much clarity you gained then. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you did that. We would not know each other if it weren't for that. Oh, my gosh. That's so true. Um, our gap years brought us together. So, oh, gosh. my gosh. We won't okay. dig into that too much, but back, take, take that for what it's worth. Back on topic. Um so my biggest place where I'm glad I saved is the opposite of Jill's. I lived off campus uh, when I went to UCF. I mean, I never lived on campus. My my master's program obviously didn't have a campus to live on. So, well, it had a camp. I'm sorry. It had a campus. You couldn't live on it. Um, and so I lived off campus right across the street from the university. It had a free shuttle. So I had free parking for my car. I didn't have to pay for parking on campus at the school mm. and it was a, a fraction of the price. I got my own bathroom, a full size bed, a kitchen in the apartment. I had to share it with three strangers, mm -hmm. um, but only one was a drug addict and <laughs> I had great neighbors. I went to, there was even in this, so this was campus affiliated off campus housing and there was even a fraternity in the apartment complex. And so wow. I went to my first frat party there. So that that for you that goes on the pros side that there was right. a frat. Okay. Oh no no I'm no that's just a side. Um, <laughs> I'm just I'm glad I lived off and campus. Another benefit. Saved so much money. There was a fraternity living there too. I'm just saying I got the experience uh, of living on campus and saved money living off the sordid experience. The sordid yeah. Oh, yeah. Where I am glad that I saved money is a couple of places. Going to school online for my grad degree. What, what? Saved so much money. Also, and not all programs do this, but I had an opportunity within my course of study to get my uh, master's degree in one year, which does reduce the cost significantly. Mm -hmm. So if you can find a program that is accelerated, that helps a ton. Also, on a smaller scale, I I crushed it when it came to saving on books. Like that is where my frugality soared and shined. Um, I paid little to nothing on my books and every semester I was so proud of myself. <laughs> if you want some tips, feel free to hit me up in the Frugal Friends Facebook community group because that's, that, that's my little, like, my, my, my secret skill. Like, you know, when someone tells you, like, raise your hand, like, what's your secret skill? And somebody's like, I can pop my shoulder out of place. I'm like, I can save money on books. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is great though. Uh, yeah. you and now you're debt free. Now I'm debt free. But you and you cash flowed your master's degree. Yeah, and part of that was because I went to school online and I did an accelerated yep. program and then I lived tiny and made all sorts of other very frugal extreme yep. decisions and it worked. 
So Jill is living proof that you can go back to school at cash flow, another degree, and uh, live to tell the tale. And then <laughs> afterwards, then finish paying off your undergrad so, degree. Yes, I got my <laughs> master's cash flow that before my undergrad was out of the way. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> we do what we have to do. You do yeah. what you got to do. Yep. Um, one last thing I wanted to say about um, online colleges before we wrap up is that it's important to choose an accredited online college. Oh, yeah. That impacts. So there are for-profit schools that are online and you will know the difference because you will see a lot more TV advertisements for them. Accredited ones are starting to have their moment too, but that really impacts if you do have to take out student loans and you want to refinance them later. Mm -hmm. Not all student loans can be refinanced. So be sure when you are choosing an online school that you choose an accredited uh, school and that will help you later um, should you want to refinance student loans or whatnot or even go back for another degree elsewhere. Good word. Yes. So thank you for listening to my TED Talk. Um, and thank you for reviewing the program on iTunes and Stitcher um, like this great one. It's from Sam and Pony. Uh, that's get that visual out of your head. It says obsessively refreshing every Thursday night. Um, I've really enjoyed this podcast for some time and can finally match the right voice with the right name. So I figure I am now qualified to review caveat like you don't have to be able to do that to leave a real um the dry humor appeals to me the first episode i listened to pennies you find on the ground was the sponsor and i really did laugh out loud <laughs> occasionally the selected topic doesn't sound interesting to me specifically but it usually ends up being entertaining and i really have learned new ways to be frugal Oh, so, very helpful. Yes. Thank you, Sam and Pony. Thanks, Sam and Pony. Um, we the don't release our episodes on Thursday night, but apparently this is when Sam and Pony listens to us. She, yeah. Which is she great. She can listen to whenever she wants. Uh, absolutely. I just want our listeners to know. And also, I do appreciate that they waited until they knew the podcast a bit more to review that that's always uh, appealing to me that you've given it some time to know what this is about, what we're claiming to be and giving reviews that will help others determine if this is what they want to be we, listening we, to and spending their time have, on. Yeah, we have two reviews that really waited until they knew the show yeah. coming up on the next few shows. And so yeah. get ready for those. Those <laughs> are great. Hall of Famers. It's great because... <laughs> I, oh, I'm excited to read those. Yeah, sometimes we get reviews for people who have listened for like the first two minutes of one show. And well, you know how that usually goes. You know goes. how those That's like stepping into go. a restaurant and taking a quick whiff and walking out and reviewing. It's did, like did walking you into eat Taco Bell did before you, chew you on it? find out how amazing it is. We are like Taco Bell. We are. Oh <laughs> yeah, my gosh, love we, us are the, hate us. we are the Taco Bell of podcasts. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can get on board with that. Uh, we there. also want to thank you friends who are sharing these episodes on social media. Uh, when you share our latest episode by tagging us uh, on Facebook or Instagram, we add you to our monthly drawing. So we give away a $10 Amazon gift card uh, for every five tags or reviews. So whether you tag our latest episode or you review us and send us a screenshot to frugalfriendspodcast at gmail.com, you enter our drawing for a $10 Amazon gift card. Mm-hmm. So keep leaving us reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, send those screenshots to frugalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to tag us on social at frugalfriendspodcast so that we see that you shared it. See you next week. Frugal Friends is produced, edited, and mixed by Eric Siriani. I want somebody to review the show and I want him to say that as the title. The Taco, the Bell, Taco Bell of podcasts. <laughs> it would so have it, to be a five-star review if that's going to oh be my the gosh, title. Yes, please. <laughs> I thought we just assumed that that was...
what I wanted. Um, and so then, you know, like if you hate Taco Bell, then we, you might hate us. Yeah, you might. Ooh. <laughs> if you like, hate I want this... eating sushi off of another person's plate, <laughs> you might hate us. <laughs> we should do a trailer. We're not the most classy, but we do deliver. Yeah. And we are fun. And we accept tips. <laughs> Just kidding. And sometimes we combine with a Long John Silvers or like an A&W. I ate at Long John Silvers once when Ugh, I was a kid and woof. I got sick. Yeah, that's so we not are hard not to believe. The, we are not the LJS <laughs> of podcasts, hopefully. Did you quickly abbreviate them? Yep. In my head, I said, what are the first three letters? What are the first letters? <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Oh, gosh. Actually, I was listening to an audiobook and they gave a math problem. And, and that just is kind of telling of the audiobooks I listened to. And uh, it was a big number. And the answer ended up being like 408. And I was able to do the multiplication problem in my head. Uh, yeah. That's, <laughs> thank I'm looking for something. I don't know what the multiplication problem was. Like, it could have been 408 times one. Like, I don't know. But also, I don't know. Like, if, what, what, there's so many things and we don't have time, but you're listening to math problems on books. Okay. So the book is Thinking Fast and Slow. Um, it's a book by a behavioral economist. And he was demonstrating like when you make a an impulsive decision or you evaluate if you evaluate somebody based on what their face looks like. I mean, not like judge them, but they have like an angry face and you're like, oh, that person's angry. That's your fast thinking. But if someone says like, what's 14 times 24, then you have to like sit back and be like, OK, what is 14 times 24? Carry the one. 408. That wasn't the problem. <laughs> it's like you see Taco Bell, this podcast like Taco Bell and immediately decide, yes, it's for me. It was 17 times 24. That was the problem. 17 times 24 equals 408. And we all learned something new today. <laughs> Bye. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.